Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, we're here at the beginning of a new season, and you may be wondering to yourself, wait a minute, wait a minute, the triumphal entry? Why are we going into the triumphal entry at the beginning of the church year? Aren't we supposed to hear a little bit more about Christmas or preparing for Christmas and what's going to be happening once we get there? I mean, I don't know about you, but when I first started to look at the readings for the church year when this season started like years ago when I started this, it's only four years, so who am I kidding? It's not that long ago. But it was one of those things where I said the triumphal entry is kind of a different sort of reading, and why did the church decide at some point in time that that should be the text for the beginning of the Advent season? And after some pondering and some thinking about it and praying and researching and reading and things like that, it is actually a wonderful reading for us today. We are at the beginning of a new season, and so we are reminded of Christ coming not only in Christmas, but in all the ways that he still comes today and in all the ways and in the way that he will come on the last day as well. But before we get to that, I want to point out something that's I find very interesting and striking, and you hear it more so when you get to this text um, at the beginning of Holy Week. You hear this contrast between Palm Sunday and Good Friday, right? This mob mentality takes hold of the people. And the mob mentality here is that Christ is king, right? That everyone gets swept up in this. They've heard of Jesus. They've heard of what he's done, if not seen it themselves. And then they see him coming, and chances are they actually knew the uh, prophecy from, uh, from, from, uh, from Zechariah 9.9 that says... Um, Behold, daughter of Zion, your king is coming to you humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden, right? So they knew this, they see this, they see that this is a kingly act happening. They say, good, it's finally happening. The Messiah is coming. And that's a good mob mentality, right? It's a good thing to get swept up in when everybody else has this fervor saying, Jesus Christ is our King. He is our Lord. Let us praise Him and sing thanks and glorify Him. And yet, the other side of it happens too, where mob mentality gets the better of us in the bad sense, where if you go and see later on in the Gospels on Good Friday, where was everybody to save Jesus? Everybody who had put their cloaks down on the ground for him to ride over, where were they? So you see here at the beginning of this church year, we have already this contrast, this sharp distinction between who we are when we are just kind of letting things happen, 
who we are when we're just allowing different people to decide what we do for ourselves, and we just go along to get along. It can work out very nicely in the church, right? But it can also work out horrendously. And it reminds us just why we need Jesus. It reminds us of all the ways that he comes to us. There are three comings of Christ. In in, uh, the first one is in the incarnation, where he is born of, of, of the Virgin Mary, God. God himself becomes flesh to live the perfect life and to die and to die the perfect death for our sakes, not because we were so great, but because he loves us so much. And then he will come again on the last day to judge the quick. Ah, Excuse me, I'm trying to get used to the older way of saying it, the quick and the dead. He will come and judge all of us on the last day. But there's another coming that he has that I really want to focus on today. He comes now in grace. He has come. He will come again. But until then, we're not just kind of waiting around with nothing to do or nothing to be given. He comes to us now. He comes to us through his word spoken to us. He comes to us through 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 the absolution pronounced to you, telling you for sure that your sins are now are, are that your sins are now washed that your sins are now atoned for by the blood of Christ, that you would believe these things. He comes now and every time that we see a, a baptism, whenever we, whenever we, um, whenever we make the sign, uh, uh, excuse me, whenever we make the sign uh, 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 of the cross to remember that we are baptized children of God, and He comes also, especially in His body and His blood to feed us. It's a wonderful thing. There are times where we may not realize this. Again, we may get swept up in the mob mindset that says, well, I just got to get this done. I have to pay attention to this over here. I can't be bothered with what's going on at church. I can't be bothered to read my Bible. I can't be bothered to talk to that person that I know is struggling and tell them the hope of Christ. I can't, I just got too many things to do, right? And in this lead up to the Christmas season, because we're not quite at Christmas yet, right? You see a bunch of, you see a, like a lot of things going on where it was like, Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. We're not quite there yet, right? Now's the time to prepare. Now's the time to examine our lives and say, Am I prepared for Christ to come on the last day? Am I ready for that? And if I'm not, what do I got to do? Where do I got to go? What do I need to be given? And thankfully, our Lord gives us all that we need. He gives us everything 
He is our good and gracious king. He comes now to us humbly as he did on that day when he came when he came when he came into Jerusalem. And I'd say he probably comes even more humbly now than he did then. Because then he was still in the flesh. And yes, he was riding on a donkey, but he comes to you now, for better or for worse, through the words of a pastor that has a speech impediment. (laughs) He comes to you humbly now to tell you, even so, you are his child. Even so, you are You are given his grace. You are forgiven of all your sins by his blood shed for you. And even so, he comes humbly through what the world would say is just ridiculous means through water and word in baptism. But we see that as a holy and blessed thing. And the world may say, what is this whole thing with bread and wine? How is that? applicable to your life today. And we say, he comes humbly in these means, riding to us on a paten or a chalice to feed us and to feed all those who are given that to eat and to drink. He does this because he loves us, to show us that his grace is so far surpassing of anything that we could possibly fathom. And it's something we should hold on to, something we should cherish, that though we may bring ourselves here or we are brought here by somebody else, God still says, I am coming to you. I am coming to you for your good, for your salvation. I come to you so that you would not be so, so that you would be not caught by surprise when I come at the last day. We see that if we recognize him here, we will recognize him when he comes again. And the opposite of that is true. If we don't recognize him here, we won't recognize his coming again at the last day for the final judgment. It is a sobering Reality, but it is one that does not cause us to, cause us to despair. It's one that we take by faith and we run to Christ and we say, Lord, give me all that you have. And he says, I will and I do, right? Ask all these things in Jesus' name and it is given to you, life and salvation and all that follows. It is a wonderful thing to see that when we gather here today, and it's wonderful that this happens on a day when we are being fed the body and blood of Christ, that today we will also sing Hosanna, right? We also sing Hosanna. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Maybe I should have sung it. I would have gotten it out a lot smoother. But we will say that. We will sing that. Hosanna, because he comes to us. Because he comes to us and he feeds us. It is something that we can hold on to in this dark world. Because this world is dark. And sometimes we may find ourselves 
getting swept up in the commotion, in the mob mentality of the world that says that we have to be acting a certain way or affirming a certain lifestyle or saying that some things are true when they are clearly not. And we may find ourselves being pressured in this sense to kowtow or to bow down to something that we should not, and yet we can stand firm because of what Christ has done for us. We can stand firm and we can say, Hosanna, save us, we pray, O Lord. Give us the strength that only you can supply. And so, as we do this, we know that we are here today to be given those good things. And it reminded me of Hebrews chapter 3, where there's this warning for all of us. And that's a proper warning for this Advent season, where we should be remembering our, our past sins, but rejoicing in the fact that Christ has washed them away by his blood, preparing ourselves for his coming. And we do this every single day, right? We ought to do this every single day, remembering that we are baptized children. But this warning from Hebrews, which I'll leave you with here, beware, brethren, lest there be, lest there be in any of you, and excuse me, and evil heart of unbelief in departing from 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 the living God, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to steadfast to the end. So today is the day of salvation. Hold fast to Christ as he comes to you for your good according to his love and his grace. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts. Excuse me. Will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.